Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we have the most amazing topic in the world to talk about today. That Scott Silver wore tights. <laughs> yes, we're bringing it up just because you did not tell us. Now, 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 folks, now, folks, this is the real question. He claims it's all real. I've heard a rumor that it's not. I do not wrap my belly in this movie. Uh, not yet. I would if I ever had to go back for reshoots. But yes, I, I play a superhero called Real Man, R-E-E-L Man, and I actually am a video superhero. Well, I think of myself as a superhero in this movie. Uh, really, I just make super videos. And Wes Roberts is my sidekick, Boom Boy, because he does the audio. And uh, until the trailer comes out, I choose not to release any other information. Um, we are just the comic relief, and it was fun. So Wes was Boom Boy. I now need to see this. <laughs> because was Wes you wearing tights? You and me both, yes. Yes, we are both wearing tights. Okay, so Scott has now officially made up for the fact that he has not told us that he was wearing tights. <laughs> because now I have to see Wes in tights. This is going to be amazing. As a side note, I don't think anyone has ever said that those those words in that way ever. Well, see, there, here's a reason. Now I'm going to have a plethora of jokes and things to be able to throw at Wes because it's like every time I see him, he's always he always looks like Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. What in what? He always plays Silent Bob, but he's not silent. I, I will say this: his his comedic performance uh, on set was beautifully done okay. like i mean i would set up these jokes and he would just take them home i mean i've seen west be funny but here he is genuinely like he is downright enjoyable like you're rolling on the floor kind of thing like he, he's great in this here's here's what i'm taking away from this conversation let me just sum up cliff notes scott thinks he looks good in tights which i don't know i haven't seen him and daniel wants to see kevin smith in tights and Daniel's nodding in the affirmative. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's smiling. I think he's, he's really, you know, happy about this. Anyway, now, in all fairness, Kevin Smith is a very sexy man. We met him uh, at the Ghostbusters premiere, and he is a very friendly, very happy. And as a side note, he and Dan Aykroyd love each other. Maybe we can, uh, like, 
they both were so excited. It was so funny because when they saw each other, they both did like the little girly scream, like "Hey, I know you!" and like we're pointing and then like going "Oh!" and then they ran to each other and hugged each other. That's nice. And uh, you could hear Kevin Smith say, "I wanted to meet you all this time," you know. And so it was just like this. Wow. So stars can nerd out about each other. Sorry, maybe I can post that online. I have that. Yeah, no, I mean that that would be cool. So uh, this is one thing. Kevin Smith, I I really like. And it's not because he is a celebrity and he's been in movies. It's because he's a guy that doesn't care what other people think. He admits flat out, I'm a geek. I love it. I love my stuff. And I don't care what you think. And he's, and he's, but and not only that, he's, in a, he's a really talented guy. He can act, he can direct, and he can write. I mean, he can do a really good job. And that's what I really appreciate is he's held to his guns of what he believes, and he doesn't let other ones push him around. You know, if if he wants, if he needs to show up in tights in a movie, the man will do it. If it's tights and a hockey uniform, he is there, and that's what I love about it. And and I totally agree with that. And I think the biggest thing for me is he's authentic. You know, he's not a caricature of himself. He's not a character. He's him, right? And you know, I still remember uh, seeing a, a a panel or a, a presentation he did where they had an interpreter um, who was doing sign language, right? And it was amazing to me because he just started rattling off curse words just to see what the sign language lady would do and started to have a dialogue with her. And it was uh, simply hysterical. It was really fun. Um, And, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing is he's just, he's authentic. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so, so Scott, it is our mission now to get Dan Aykroyd on the show. <laughs> I know it's a laugh. But see, when I first started out the show, I said, okay, I will have these three people on the show. I've had two out of those three make it on the show. Unfortunately, George Lucas was one of those three, and that was a white well. Now that he sold off Star Wars, we'll never see him, which is okay now. So... But, you know, I, I've had two of the three. All the other people that were on my list of people I wanted to meet through the show or have on the show, I've, I've got literally, we've, almost, we've gotten everyone that we've been able to, which is awesome. So I'm going to throw Dan Aykroyd out there as on my list that we now need to, to have on because we need a Ghostbuster. And, and that would just be amazing, to be honest. So we, let's move on from the tights so that Scott can feel comfortable at... Uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about tights anymore. So, uh, however, what I what I do want to kind of talk about is, is, is fandom in, in itself. Where, and we're I was kind of talking to some of my other friends earlier this morning. Is back in the day, it used to be if you played D and D or anything like that, you didn't tell anyone. You hung out with your buddies. You played D and D. As soon as the basement door opened or wherever you were playing open. That was it. It stayed there. It was like Fight Club. No one talked about D&D. And, and you, you just you, you left. And you went through high school hoping no one found out. But nowadays, it is the weirdest thing. You've got football players. You've got cheerleaders that play d and I mean, you've got guys like Vin Diesel and Stephen Colbert that are just publicly saying, hey, I play D&D. I'm a D&D player and blah, blah, blah. I mean, seriously, Vin Diesel scare, would scare me if I ran into him in a dark alley, you know. But this is a guy that plays D&D, the same stuff that we used to play. And it's amazing that society, that's acceptable. I mean, here we are at Comic-Con, and you can see all 
walks of life. Everyone, I mean, you see jocks, you see cheerleaders, you see moms, you see dads, you see kids, and it's awesome, it's acceptable, which is really cool. So we're kind of in that golden age. So what do you think made, made it so that change where we could you know, fly our geek flag proudly? I, I think it's been a gradual change, and I don't think it's done yet, right? I, I think there is still a lot of that, especially amongst our young adults, right, who are who are sometimes they're embarrassed to admit that they still watch a cartoon or that they, you know, play a game. And, and so, but there's definitely a lot more acceptance. And I think it depends on just who you surround yourself with. And, and in terms of where the change has kind of come from, I think there have been a couple of major events that have helped. First is the community episode where they play Dungeons and Dragons. I think the fact that they blatantly showed what a D&D session is kind of like and showed A, how fun it can be and B, how funny it can be, I think that opened up a lot of doors. We know that D&D sales spiked after that. Um, you know, game game store sales spiked. I think a lot of other things have helped. I think the I think the revival of Marvel's superhero franchising since 2008. So in the last what 10 years, um, I think that has done miracles um, for for kind of geekdom in general. And I also think the revival of Star Wars in many ways. I mean, obviously, Star Wars has been going strong, you know, since since the the late 90s. Um, but you have things like the Clone Wars television series that started in 2009 after the release of the film, right? You have the, uh, the, the new movies and the Disney bio, which makes news and makes headlines. And, and you really start generating, uh, you know, a ton of openness and a ton of popularity that says, you know, and that's the interesting thing, like we've seen this recently with Pokemon Go. A lot of people have been criticizing Pokemon Go, and yet here, here they are with how many downloads to this day? A lot. Nine, I, I've heard numbers around, you know, 900 million or something. It's obscene numbers, right? Um, and so things like that have just expressed to the world that, hey, look, there's a lot of people who like this stuff, and it's, and it's great. See, for me, I feel like the turn from geek to geek chic uh, has occurred with the, the culmination and the creation of more Comic-Cons. I feel like in the past, Comic-Con was a comic book convention, specifically designated for nerds and people who play Dungeons and Dragons and to go to it you had to buy a plane ticket to California you had to buy a hotel or get a hotel for the weekend you had to spend hundreds of dollars just for the ticket to Comic-Con it was a major financial investment to make year after year but now with you know Dragon Con New York Comic-Con Salt Lake Comic-Con San Diego Comic-Con like they're popping up everywhere and some places even have two or three Comic-Cons a year they're much more accessible uh, they're no longer just someplace that, oh, I don't want to play to go fly. It's now, hey, I can drive 20 minutes, I can drive an hour and be there and just experience this. And all of a sudden, and I believe that in culmination with the Marvel movies, I really believe that they're just so good that they're bringing people into realizing, wow, you know, this was based on a book. No, it was based on a comic book. And then all of a sudden they realize, wow, okay, so this stuff isn't just, you know, you know uh, someone in his basement, eh, yeah, this is fun. No, this is geek chic. And there is a little bit of that in all of us. Well, you're right. I mean, you guys, both of you are, are really right. I, uh, you know, Pokemon Go, the most downloaded app ever. I mean, really on any of the platforms. Everyone is playing it. I mean, Scott and I have gone out. I, I know you probably have gone out. Every walk of life is playing it. I've seen old grandmas and grandpas playing it. I've seen young kids playing it. You know, it, and it's amazing. It's really fun. Um... But, you know, there is a little bit of everything. I mean, 
again, I still to this day, I watch Transformers. I have the DVD collection. I watch it. I have the movies. It's really fun seeing this. Even, and, you know, and, and people were walking around here. I mean, we were just mentioning how many, how many different Harley Quinn and Jokers we were seeing. You know, even though Suicide Squad wasn't, at least in our opinion, the greatest movie in the world, it was still enjoyable. There are still a lot of people that love it, and they love that cosplay. Uh, you know, I've seen guys walking around in mist cloaks from Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn. I even saw a guy that was dressed as Waxillium from the Alloy of Law portion of, of the Mistborn series, which was really awesome. It looked really good. You know, there's a guy over there with Marty McFly. He's got his hoverboard. And, you know, it, it's not... And it looks like he made it out of cardboard and some tinfoil, but that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so it's really cool to see how society has accepted that now, and things are just not. It's just not. Holy, what Scott's showing me his his Pokemon collection, and I'm just yeah. So I'm just gonna. My my rant has been stalled by that. It's, it's just gone. It's gone. It's over. We know what Scott does. When I'm texting Scott trying to figure out what the heck he's doing, I now know what he's doing. He's playing Pokemon Go. That's why he doesn't answer me. I'll lock. But well, I was just, you know, I was going to say, you know, I think both of you hit on very good points, and I wonder if it's the accessibility. You know, I, I mean, we talk about communication and society and technology, and for me as a journalist, you know, communication and open communication through social media, through the internet. Um, through through television and radio has has done miracles for society, right? And so you wonder if this access to this new technology and accessibility isn't isn't so much, um, y you know, it isn't it isn't creating something that didn't exist, but it's just connecting everyone who previously wasn't together, right? And that's what's creating the acceptability is is maybe there was the one guy in in high school who was made fun of because he was exposed for being a D and D player. But maybe there were 40 others who just didn't know about each other, right? Or they were in small groups, right? And so you have this argument of, were the fans really there all along? And now between the popular media coming through and the increase of communication and accessibility, right? Everyone's got a smartphone. Everyone can download Pokemon Go for free. You know, has the accessibility made that big of a difference? No, I have to agree that it has. I mean, because... I remember growing up, there was only one game store within miles. I mean, you know, it, it was literally, you had to jump on the bus or ride your bike for hours to get to the closest game store. You know, there was, you know, if I wanted anime stuff, I had to go clear downtown because it was only one store in that mall. Yeah, or, well, at that point, you know, that didn't work either because internet was AOL and yeah, they didn't do they didn't do stuff like that. You couldn't you couldn't buy stuff online like you can now. I mean, literally, if you want something from Japan, jump on Amazon. There it is. Click click sell buy. It's gone. You know, in the old anime days, they would uh, what they would do is they would literally have like mail services where you would you would somehow you had to be connected somehow and you knew someone and they would ship it to you in VHS tapes and magazines. And it would there was never a dub; it was always sub, and that's how you had Japanese media, right? Is you had to get it through a VHS or a magazine that was mailed to you, and again, you had to know someone, right? Like I wouldn't, you know, 20 years ago when I was in high school, I, I wouldn't even 
or not high school in junior high or elementary school, whatever. Let's not talk about it. Um, let's, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even know who to talk to to get that kind of media content. Now it's literally, it's everywhere. It's surrounding me. Um, and it's a huge deal. And now uh, Scott is uh, handling my lightsaber, um, it's phrasing. It's a huge it's deal. A huge deal. <laughs> it was just sitting there. So. You know, okay, you're right. I mean, my first... Uh, my first entrance into the world of anime was 20 years ago, and it's when, you know, Hollywood Video, yes, a video rental store w finally started carrying it. And so I, you know, we're like, oh, that's so awesome. And then we, we take it, we watch it, and then we'd go buy, we'd go rent more. Yes, some of you listening probably have no clue what a video rental store is or what it's like running to the rental store to get the next Super Nintendo or Nintendo game to play and only being able to play it for the weekend. Because if you rented it during the week, you only had it for the evening. But if you got it on the weekend, you had it for several days. Friday night was magical. Yeah, Friday night was amazing because you, you got it till Monday. And you got really good at speed running. Yeah, speed running, yeah. So it was, you know, you get through the door, you check in and zoom right over to the, yeah. And they'd only have like one or two copies of movies. And you had to get there before anyone else got there because then otherwise you couldn't get the movie of your choice. Now we can stream it on Netflix. You can go to the Red Box. You can, there's all these real conveniences, which you're right. It has helped increase this. You know, We have more video game systems than we've ever had. We have more video games getting thrown at us than ever before. They're, there's always designing it. They're amazing. You know. Even here at Comic-Con, there's tons of stuff. There's lightsabers. There's energy swords. If you want a Zelda sword or a shield or a Captain America, you can do that. I mean, there's a store selling Transformers for crying out loud. It's kind of everything you can ever imagine or want. you know. And, and, and But then there's also stores where they kind of mix things up. Like there's a really cool T-shirt over there. of the. It's a steampunk flash symbol, which is just amazing. So there's just all this really cool geek stuff that we get to see now that we didn't get before. And, you know, I just, I love it. It's, it's amazing. And the best part is, you know, when we started this show like eight years ago, we had so few listeners because it was still, it was still kind of in that, that gray area where people were starting to accept it. It was a little bit more cool. But it was like a year or two after that, it's like, you know, when the Marvel movies and everything hit, it just exploded. And I, and I do agree that the movies helped everyone see re see and realize, oh, hey, you like you like geek stuff too? Hey, that's awesome. We need to talk. Oh, you like geek stuff too? That's awesome. Let's talk. And so I think that's where, and, and I don't know, I'm not in high school anymore, but it seems like there's no to that, dude, you're a geek and get shoved into a locker anymore because even the, the the football players like it. The cheerleaders like it. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. I maybe maybe Star Trek had it right, where there's the world has a global unification and it, there is no more bitterness and anger. But maybe it's because of geek and not because of the the Federation of Planets. I'm sorry, it wasn't the Vulcans. It wasn't the Federation. It's because of geek culture. That's got to be what it is. Yep, yep. I'm telling you, it's geek chic. It's pretty magical. Um, I mean, yeah, what else What else can you say? Common ground brings people together. And I think a lot of it, too, is packaging, right? I mean, you know, 20 years ago, who cares about Iron Man? You know, when 2008 hit, man, Iron Man was awesome. And even if you weren't into geek stuff before, guy, you are now because Iron Man's awesome. 
Yep, plus he was a drunk then. Now he's just awesome because it's Robert Downey Jr., which yeah. just made, you know, I hated the Iron Man character. I will admit this. So every, I hated Iron Man. I hated Thor. Captain America, I, I wasn't a fan of. I've always been a really hardcore DC, with the exception of Spider-Man. Now, because of these guys, I have characters I love. They're likable and lovable, and, and that's just awesome. So with that, well, that's because sorry, it's just when we grew up, it was like the DC cartoons were amazing. You had yeah. the you had uh, Batman Adventure series, uh, you had the Superman, you had the Justice League, you had these amazing cartoons. But Marvel, they had a, uh, they had a fun Iron Man cartoon, they had a fun Thor cartoon. Uh, no, no, it was Hulk, yeah. a fun Hulk cartoon. But that was it, and and they were well, just had, in this had, own little universe. Okay, okay, X-Men. okay. X Men, that's true, that's true. X Men, I, I apologize. X Men was amazing of the nineties. Well, and just the quality of writing, though. I mean, it, it, the quality of the quality of writing and the quality of animation um, were not up to snuff with Warner Brothers Animation. Warner Brothers Animation. Di- remember, this was an age when Disney was failing in the TV world. This was an age when when they their the Disney's animation, Disney's writing, Disney's Disney's television staff. They weren't cutting it, and it's hard to imagine that now with 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 incredible shows. I mean, all over from everybody, but but back in the day, Warner Brothers and Four Kids. I mean, that's that was our Saturday morning cartoons. It wasn't Disney. It wasn't usually Cartoon Network. It wasn't usually Nickelodeon. It was usually the Warner Brothers, right? Oh, I'm so sad that my kids do not have Saturday morning cartoons. It is that was that was life right there. You know, I'd wake up every Saturday morning excited to watch Transformers, to watch He-Man, Thundercats, Voltron, all of those cartoons, G.I. Joe. I mean, I wasn't a huge G.I. Joe fan, but still, to spend my entire Saturday morning just vegging on cartoons and loving life, and then afterwards running out and reenacting all that. You know, that's just, I, I don't see that anymore. So that's the one thing I think that we've lost. We don't have that love. You know, uh, there was a commercial that... Uh, it was a battery commercial that was put out and it was a Star Wars one where you see the the boy pick up the lightsaber and it lights up and he's attacking everyone and it it looked I mean it looked like a movie it really did but then you cut to the parents and they're looking out the window and you see a brother and a sister just playing having fun with lightsabers and what you were seeing a few minutes ago isn't there because it's all in their imagination I kind of think that's gone a little bit I would love to see that come back to be honest. Well, and I think a lot of us are, are, you know, we're all kind of trying to recapture that, right? And I think that's very apparent in the most successful Super Bowl campaign, uh, marketing campaign to date, and it was the Super Bowl commercial with Volkswagen. And all it was, it was very cheap, it was was a Volkswagen um, Passat sitting in the driveway, and a little boy in a Darth Vader mask and cape, pointing his his hand to to try and turn the car on, and the dad behind his back using the clicker to turn the lights on and off every time this kid kind of made a motion and that that was it that was the commercial but that commercial had the greatest return on investment of any Super Bowl commercial ever and and it's stuff like that that's incredible and I think we just want to hearken back to those days and it's and it's hard in the days of you know we have instant gratification right it's a double-edged sword on the one hand accessibility has never been better on the other hand accessibility has never been better and so there's there's you know there there's a question of you know does uh does you know distance make the heart grow fonder 
That is true. So, with that said, we have to run because Scott needs to go buy a lightsaber. He's going to do it. So, if you... All. I hate you all, and I hate this little black thing that I'm holding right now. So, with that said, check us out. Follow us on Facebook. We're going to be putting out a lot of content from Salt Lake Comic Con. Uh, we're going to be putting out photos from the cosplay, photos from panels, photos from everything we've seen. And as always, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and can tell your friends about our show because we want to hear from you. We want to uh, entertain you, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Ciao. There is no Deadpool. Second nerds.